Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Roomy Force Calf Cube. Maximize calf performance and health at grass by optimizing the function of the rumen. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Calf Milk Replacer. Welcome to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme with John O'Connor. Later, study shows limousine breed of cattle are low methane emitters. Ger Hanley, Dairy Gold Area Sales Manager, Beef and Tillage Team on the beef situation at the moment. Finnegan Senator Tim Lombard warns against the income of the primary producers of farmers being cut yet again to subsidise reduced supermarket prices. We cannot have a situation that we're now going to sort out food inflation by going back to the primary producer and looking for a cut in primary producer's actual product price that's getting at farm gate. If we do that, it's going to be a major step backwards. Like, realistically, the primary producer is the one that's been squeezed on a continuous basis regarding margins. They've been pushed by big retailers regarding price on a continuous basis. But they've also been involved in regulation and to make sure that the product is sustainable, to make sure it reads standards, all the way through the actual chain itself. And I'm deeply concerned about, about this debate. And the meeting that happened yesterday, which unfortunately didn't include the actual uh, primary producer, was a positive step. But I'd like to welcome the meeting that's happening today with the primary producer. That is an important leg in the stool. We have to make sure that primary producers are involved in this debate all the way through because there's significant worry and anxiety within that sector that what could happen here is the big multinational supermarket chains will come back and look for another slice of the primary producer. The farming community can't take that. We've seen costs go through the roof, whether it's energy, fertiliser, feed, all gone up by double digits all the way through the last 18 months. And that is a huge concern. So I do believe, and I mentioned this yesterday, a significant debate within this House is what's required later that we have the senior ministers and the junior ministers here so we can debate these issues. I think the primary producer isn't getting a fair shot here. And in the contributions I've seen and heard, in many ways, that I even mentioned. And that's the biggest issue. Thank you, Chair. Finnick Gale Senator Tim Lombard. Speaking in advance of the April milk price announcements, the chairperson of the ICMSA Dairy Committee, Mr Noel Murphy, has warned co-ops not to even consider passing any of the announced reductions in retail milk price, quote, backwards onto farmer milk price. Mr Murphy said that 2023 could easily turn into a, quote, perfect storm for farmers where slashed milk price passed input costs on the way down and left farmers supplying peak period milk below the costs of production. Mr Murphy said that must not happen and co-ops were now having to take a stand for their farmer members and resist any pressure from the retail corporations to cut farmer milk price. The IFA president, Mr Tim Cullen, said some of the commentary in the media over the last few days regarding food costs and food inflation was misinformed. He said farmers are financially worse off today than they were 18 months ago, and this has been borne out in the CSO data, he said. Mr Cullinan recalled that the CSO Central Statistics Office data showed that in 2022, 
agricultural output prices rose by 26.4%, but this was eclipsed by farm input prices rising by 34.7%. Despite higher prices for farmers, farmers' margins were eroded. ICSA National Tillage Chair Mr Gavin Carberry said that the fact that 30% of spring sowing has yet to be done will only add to the already predicted shortage of straw and grain later in the year. Speaking ahead of his attendance at the first sitting of the Food Vision Tillage Group in Back Western, Mr Carberry said, what the tillage sector can or cannot produce in any given year has a huge knock-on effect on all other sectors. Already this year, he said, we know the overall tillage area is set to fall by some 8,000 hectares. Next in our programme, the macro report from Carberry with Laura Woods. Hello, my name is Laura and I am bringing you the Carberry Mockra News. On behalf of the Carberry region, I would like to welcome and congratulate the new Mockra president, Limerick woman Elaine Houlihan, and wish her all the best in the role. We would also like to congratulate the new Munster vice president, Cork woman Ashley O'Keefe, and wish her the best in her role. Carberry Mockra would also like to thank everyone who supported us in hosting both the National Drama Final in Rossmore recently and the Mockra National AGM and Dinner Dance held in Bantry recently. It was very much appreciated. May shaping up to be a very social month for Carberry Mockra. The next Carberry Mockra social night will be a table quiz in the Henry Ford Tavern, Balnascarty, on Saturday the 20th of May. All past, current and prospective members are welcome. Teams of four cost €40 Euro and there will be a raffle on the night. The regional tag rugby competition will be held on Sunday the 21st of May in Connacilty GAA grounds. So if you would be interested in taking part, please contact your local mocker club or message Carberry Mocker through our social media pages for more information. Bantry Mocker will be holding a table quiz on Friday the 26th of May in the Ovan Falls in Ballylicky. Teams of four are 40 euro and everyone is welcome. As you can see, Mocker has something for everyone and with clubs located from Inishannon to Beira, there is bound to be one near you. So if you are between the ages of 17 and 35 and are interested in joining or would like some more information, please contact us through the Carberry Mocker social media pages on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. Thank you. Joining us on the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk programme, Mr Ger Handley, Area Sales Manager, Beef and Tillage Team, Dairy Gold Cooperative Society, Agribusiness. First of all, Ger, welcome to the programme. Now, you very kindly have agreed to speak to our listeners about the beef sector. What's happening with beef farming at the moment? Hi, John. It has been quite a difficult spring, I suppose, this year. February was an outstanding month. March turned incredibly wet, maybe 60-70% more rain than average. And that made April tricky as well. So we did pretty much a slow spring after that. Um, obviously, cattle turnout is the big thing with uh, the springtime, getting cattle to grass and getting that cheap, lightweight gain off of grass. But that was hard got there in April. You know, some lads got out maybe, you know, a few cattle week on week. And eventually, by the end of the month, they had maybe all stock out. Um, but it was certainly demanding spring, I suppose, on uh, farmers, you know, to, to get out there was difficult. Um, you know, adult cattle there, I suppose, when they go out, they need a bit of a booster um, to cover them there, the Covixen and the tribal action those. Um, but once you get cattle to grass this time of the year, you know, there is um, a compensatory growth factor there, and labor gains can be remarkable, I suppose, with, um, you know, spring grass. 
So the, the gains are getting out are, are, are significant once they do get out, you know. So Now, you might say a word or two about um, the clostridial booster, mineral licks on grass and, uh, you know, live weight gains in early season. Just in general, uh, a point for talking about. Clostridial uh, vaccines are, you know, your primary dose and your booster dose are there for the um, younger calves at the start of the season. Um, but then the following season, they go out to grass again, they get their crystal booster again. Uh, that basically covers against the black legs and those type of um, minor diseases. Um, minerals, of course, once you go to grass, they're based on grass only, and they would need support um, with minerals, you know, your copper, iodine, cobalt, selenium, those type of major ones. Um, you know, that's what to maximize live weight gains at that period, because the first three months of grass, we can see cattle doing, you know, in excess of one kilo of live gain per day because the UFL or that of grass is quite, quite high in that season. So I suppose uh, that's where, I suppose, you know, quick money can be made on cattle, you know, where the rest of the season you have a more sluggish live gain and obviously in the time you have a higher cost in uh, getting live gain on cattle. Scour and things like that uh, can be a great uh, killer of very young calves. Looking at a slightly advanced stage when calves are going to grass, reference again to clostridial primary and booster and wormers, the rapidose, uh, the role of rapidose, and indeed, um, of course, you can refer to labour saving in the summer and uh, anything at all that you might feel would help people rear thriving calves. Yeah, I suppose, um, again, you know, the challenge is to get calves to grass in the springtime and um, temperatures can be an important feature there where you want to kind of a reasonably kind of um, neutral, you know, temperature swings from night to day. You know, if you see frost at night and wet and cold in the day or that, you know, it can lead to calves, you know, set at grass. But once you get calves to grass, um I suppose the worms, I suppose, are a challenge, you know, as the summer goes along. But uh, Rapidose is the one there that we have there. It's a kind of a, a dose that's released every three weeks. Um, you know, we're calves on an outside farm and uh, facilities for dosing are not there and labour may not available either. Uh, it's certainly a worthy one there where you can get your dosing done at the start with the bolus and it covers them for 18 weeks in the grazing season. Maybe another challenge is there, you know, calves change their diet going from maybe hay or silage to grass is uh, their little stomachs probably find it hard to process the sugars in the grass and the starch in the feeds. And in recent years, we've seen a lot of maybe summer scours arise there in young calves. That has been quite an issue. Some farmers thought it was coccidiosis or that, but uh, in recent times, we found that it's just a stomach upset within the calves. But... Colin Purcell, our nutritionist back in the mill there, has formulated a feed for us there called Rumi Force, and it has basically revolutionised that um, epidemic on farms. So it basically settles calves' stomachs. I suppose it's a yeast pack and buffers that uh, enhance the performance of the feed and allow calves to process the grass and the feed together. And it really has, you know, taken to the market very well in the last couple of years sales have gone four and five fold uh, since it has gone on farm any farm that has basically taken it up is going back to it again you know so that's i suppose proof proof of the pudding is in the eating really so 
Um, it's a part that's doing very well. That's the Rumi Force, Primal Leaf Rumi Force. Now, that's the early life of the animal, calves going to grass. If we zoom right up to the final stage, finishing cattle off, as regards the finishing of cattle, now I understand that um, you're quite uh, proud of your gold farm beef, gold farm beef and its role in uh, you know, finishing cattle on locally sourced ingredients. And, of course, with dairy gold, I know you always, where at all possible, use native uh, Irish grain, etc. Correct. Um, that gold farm beef, I suppose, again, was designed by um, Colin Purcell there in the mill. Um, it's made up of uh, locally sourced ingredients, barley, wheat, beans and oats. So all those sources are got from local farmers. The beans is our protein source. The wheat, barley and oats are our energy sources. It comes with a mineral and a buffer as well. So uh, it's 12.5% protein, very high in energy. So it's ideal for finishing cattle on grass. Um, cattle will begin to be finished on grass from now on. Cattle are probably on grass with maybe up to a month or six weeks at this stage. So some traditional breeds could come off grass there maybe in about a month or six weeks' time. So three to four kilos of this ration, or it's also available in a cube form as well, fed for maybe four or five or six weeks, uh, will certainly get your fat covers up and um, get your cattle to hang well. Speaking to Mr. Ger Handley, Area Sales Manager at Beef and Tillage Team Dairy Gold Cooperative Society Agribusiness Sector. Now, Ger, how would you characterise grass growth uh, recently? The month of April is probably quite sluggish. Uh, with the cold winds, I suppose, we probably had reduced growth back in April. But since the turn of the month now, since the 1st of May, we've had seen uh, quite a phenomenal growth in the last 10, 12 days. Um, Grass is growing well, I suppose. Now, for lads that are out early, I suppose they're still under pressure to have enough of grass ahead of them. But on heavier land where cattle went out late, you're seeing a lot of heavy covers in front of the cattle at the moment. Um, also, silage, I suppose, is building up in farms. A lot of silage ground didn't get grazed this year. So there could be a lot of early silage to be cut there in the coming weeks. So there is a chance of making that you know, high-quality early cut there in mid to late May um, will obviously be excellent quality but I suppose maybe some of the problems with May uh, silage is the preservation um, we would strongly I suppose encourage us to use Ecosil Ecosil as of is the as we have in stock there it's available in powder and uh, liquid and uh, that will certainly uh, aid the reduction of pH in your grass allow it to be preserved well and um, to reduce the mycotoxins and risk of listeriosis. So I think this is a year that certainly fellows should look at uh, additives again because the chance of making early um, early to mid uh, May silage. Making silage, it can be a pricey enough uh, operation, so you want to make sure that the end result is it's preserved well, so good preservation and anything like an additive that can aid preservation, an additive to aid preservation. Correct. Um, Ecosil have probably many uh, trials done back in the years, and they're probably one of the most renowned companies providing additives to that market at the moment. And they are suggesting 1.5 to 2 litres of milk extra per day. 
and in cattle there's about a 15% increase in live weight gain on a daily basis. So those figures alone will more than justify and even leave a handsome dividend uh, for investing in EcoCell. If you're coming between a cow and its calf, or you're working with machinery, or you have a loose garment or a belt or a bit of a coat hanging off, and then a PTO shaft not properly covered, there are endless opportunities. So I feel it's well worth reminding people, concentration, keep your mind on the job if you can at all, around machinery and cattle herding. The nature of farming, I suppose, you change from one season to the next and you have to be, you know, professional at each one of them. Um, so, like, we're moving into many silage cutting season there in the coming weeks, and machine nowadays is quite large and powerful and uh, has massive capacity to get through work. Um, so I suppose just asking farmers, their families, and uh, the wider public just to be aware of the, the season and, um, I suppose, just show due care, um, you know. So definitely just a, a bit of a... Um, acknowledgement of what's going on in the countryside and uh, allow farmers to get through their work in a safe um, means. Someone listening who wants to raise a question about their own particular beef enterprise, can they contact you or is there a contact uh, number or means by which they can find out more about their own enterprise and, which, and find out the best animal remedies, etc.? I'm part of the beef and tillage team and there's... Um, there's about four of us there covering the Munster area, we'll say for Dairy Gold. I cover South Tipperary and Limerick. Um, I'm available on 086-793-8420. That's 793 And yeah, I mean, if lads do require a bit of advice or whatever, or product advice or something there, um, we're more than happy to help out there. Um, you know, we're on the roads every day. We can call on farm and we can give our opinion um, so, you know, we, we, we are, you know, fairly well versed on most products out there. And um, if we need maybe additional information, we can source it from our suppliers. So absolutely, that information is available and out there. And we'd like to get on farm and it just means to get the phone and ask us to, to come along. That certainly sounds uh, very helpful. Fine. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Ger Handley. Area Sales Manager, Beef and Tillage Team, Dairy Gold, Cooperative Society, Agribusiness, our long-term sponsor. Thank you very much indeed, Ger. Thanks a million. Thanks, John. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Calf Milk Replacer. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr Barry Murphy, News Correspondent, Irish Farmers Journal. First of all, Barry, welcome to the programme. Thanks for having us, John. You're more than welcome, Barry. Could you comment on the article in this week's Irish Farmers Journal, 13th of May, limousine cattle rate best in methane research. That's limousine cattle, the breed with the lowest daily emissions. You might outline to our listeners what exactly that green breed research project is. It's an interesting one, John, and I think you were saying it there. You know, we, we get a, a lot of talk in national media, particularly about methane and methane from the national herd, and what this study conducted by Togish ICBS and the Department of Agriculture at the Tully County Gildare Performance Test Centre. Um, it really was operates off the principle of you could have two cattle, two bullocks in any shed in any part of the country, um, eating the same silage and meal at the same size, and they're doing the same thing day in, day out but the two bullocks are emitting different levels of methane. One could be a black and one could be a red bullock. 
and it, it kind of that just shows that you know why is that the case and can we breed for animals that produce less less methane and that's what um, this study has said about trying to figure out so over the last five years it cost about three million euro and they took in 1500 head of cattle across all breeds um, and kind of a proportionate of the national cattle population so if they had bulls steers heifers um, and they had all a, a, a rake of bulls represented from from AI. So you had 57 limousine bulls, 21 cemental, um, with, sorry, the offspring from 57 limousine bulls, 21 cemental, 25 Hereford, 47 Angus, 35 Charlie, 56 Hostine. So they even looked at, say, the dairy crossbred steer or heifer that was gone for finishing, um, and 14 Belgian blue, and loads of other smaller breeds represented then as well. Um, and what they found is to measure their methane emissions every day, um, that the limousine came out on top having the least amount of methane emissions daily and the cementals and the Hereford came out at the other end of it with the most amount of methane emissions daily. Um, the average animal had 250 grams of methane coming out of them in, released into the atmosphere every day, so about a, a quarter of a bag of sugar, for want of a better term there. Um, the animal with the lowest had 180 and the animal with the highest had 320 grams. So a, a big difference there between the very, very similar animals, just different colour or different breed. So there was more limousine cattle in the low end of it with the low emissions and more Hereford and cemental in the, the, the higher end of it. The hostine fired stock, they were bang in the middle. Um, and then the Angus and the Charlet, they were kind of above average, maybe closer to the Hereford and cemental, but not quite as, as, as bad in terms of methane emissions. Um, and what it shows really is, you know, that the potential there. Um, that I suppose any farmer who puts their, their, their stock to an AI bull uh, the bulls are selected every year by the AI companies. And Professor Donaberry, he's the, the coordinator of this project and kind of a wealth of knowledge on it now. But he was telling me that, you know, it is as simple as the, the AI companies now selecting for these bulls. And they kind of, they operate off the principle that with any genetic trait, if you're breeding cattle for, say, easier calving or shorter gestation or whatever it might be, better muscle, you, you make a 1% gain year on year if you keep breeding for that trait. So applying that metric to the to the methane, he was saying if the if the AI, AI company selected bulls with lower methane, um, and the farmers across the country use them, that the country could make a one percent genetic gain on that. So to go from that average of two hundred and fifty grams per head of methane uh, per day, it would go bring it down fifty three grams by twenty fifty, or down to one hundred and ninety seven grams. And if you multiply that up across the national herd, you're talking about cutting. Um, over half a million tons of carbon off the national herd by that date. And that's with no feed additives, no expense on the farmer. They're still going to be putting the suckler cow in calf. They're still going to be breeding that wane. And, and uh, I just thought it was very, very interesting now to see the data kind of play out in that way. And look, there's variation within breed, you know, and it, it, it is preliminary data, but definitely the limousine coming out on top there at the moment. And that seems extremely interesting and very positive. Now, I know from time to time we have, you know, signals that perhaps um, a solution has been found. We found at one point, we certainly believed at one point, that a feed additive or the impact of seaweed on diet could bring down methane. Now, while that might be a temporary effect uh, while you're feeding the additive, nonetheless, using that to complement the knowledge and progress uh, with genetics, we could find, in fact, there a winning formula. And again, to refer to something I said before we began broadcasting, the Minister for Agriculture looking at the results of what we call the Green Breed Project. It's entitled the Green Breed Project. It could be, in fact, a game changer for agriculture. Yeah, very much much so a game changer. And 
suppose there's there's many ways to to, to square a circle. You know, they they uh, what Professor Dunaberry was saying here was that if when you look at genetic improvements on methane in breeding an animal to produce less and less methane over over a number of years, um, you know that that is a permanent cumulative impact on methane reduction. That you know it's 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 there to stay. The animals are bred that way. They'll be you know they'll be that way in ten years, twenty years, and so on. Whereas a feed additive, while it can reduce the methane that the animals are emitting, um, once you stop feeding them the feed additive, or once you don't give them the the, the, the bolus that they're working on as well, you know that the impact is gone. Uh, so that would be a very much a short term impact, and it's it, it well dependent on the farmer continuing to feed the livestock. Whereas this genetic progress will be much more permanent. But he said the two of them could work well together, you know, that one could complement the other. Um, and so it, it really puts it up now to the AI companies. You know, what do they do next on this one? Um, are they ready to start selecting those bulls? I think I should have set it up to hop as well, John. I suppose the, the, the main thing with this too is they've made sure that it doesn't impact performance. So, you know, the, the two, the animal emitting the, the high emissions and the animal putting out the lower emissions, they both did the same in terms of growth rate. They both had the, had the same amount of meal and performed the same and had the same carcass quality and the same amount of meat at the end of it. But one had very much fewer emissions than the other. So that'd be really important because there'd be no point, I suppose, breeding an animal to put out lower, lower emissions but that they don't thrive as well. And uh, Professor Dunaberry was very firm, kind of in reassuring that, that, you know, that it, it's, I suppose it does not impact performance. And in your extremely detailed article on page 8, news section, Irish Farmers Journal, Saturday, 13th of May, 2023, you point out that Professor Berry highlighted that, as you've said there earlier, he highlighted that the methane-cutting genetic improvements the Green Breed Project has uncovered will come at no cost to the farmer. Breeding is a proven technology. The benefits accumulate over time, he explained... So it, all eyes now are on the AI companies and the minister in, in terms of the department, what they do on this. Uh, he, Professor Dunaberry, you know, he did caveat the information with, you know, it's just a daily emissions output. It didn't look at the lifetime emissions of the animal. And when you take slaughter age into account, so, you know, you might finish an earlier earlier mature breed, such as the Angus or the Hereford, a bit more quickly, and they might be killed sooner. So the way he put it is very simply, you know, for the listener there to understand, the animal might be burping more every day, but they'll be burping for less days. Um but he also said that, you know, that might not be enough to make up on the, the I suppose, the, the, the ground gains by the limousine in terms of having less emissions per day. So it's a balance he was trying to describe, you know, where an animal that puts out less, but that it can be finished a bit quicker as well. And that's kind of the holistic approach he's calling for. This is, it's expensive research. Um, it's done with these things called a green feed machine. And essentially the animal is, is trained to go into it four times a day or up to four times a day. Um, they put their head in through it and a little bit of meal drops down. And uh, while the animal is in there, not in there for four or five minutes, eating a little bit of nuts or whatever it might be, um, the, the machine measures the, 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 the gas coming out of them and then it calculates how much methane is in that. And it does it four times a day over the kind of four or five minutes. And it says, well, then this is the missions per the day, kind of, you know, or kind of maps it out from there. But those machines, there's currently 33 of them in the country with two more on the way. They come at a cost of 125000 per machine. They're high-tech stuff. I understand it's just one company in America that has the rights to make them. And Professor Dunaberry was saying, you know, if we really want to drive on with this now, we need about another 50 of them on the ground in Ireland. Um, meat Industry Ireland, or the meat processors, true Meat Technology Ireland, have set about buying five of them. And they're on the ground at the moment. They're on the ABP demo farm there. Um, 
few of them out outside Tullow and County Carlow. Um, so they're looking at it from from that perspective as well and trying to contribute there. But I suppose there's a bit more work to be done, and um, ultimately, this will only be of benefit to the farm sector if the the methane reductions can be fed into Ireland's national carbon inventories, and they don't move unless the science is solid. And in order to have the science really solid, they need to drive on now in terms of looking at more cattle and bringing those trials outdoors as well. So it was an indoor trial that occurred at Tully. They're now moving on putting that outside and testing cattle at grass. So there's a bit more information and data to be gathered on it, but it looks very promising so far and there's huge potential there for, for the farm sector. Well, certainly some very positive and tantalising results there. Listeners, if they look up Chagas Green Breed Project, they'll find more and they'll find how their own particular breed, the breed uh, involved in their enterprise, how that uh, fares or rates. Uh, in your article, you give uh, all kinds of examples of cross breeds, etc., etc., and uh, the highest and lowest emitters of methane. We haven't uh, spoken specifically about them, but addressing the 20,000 approximately. Suckler Farmers, a wonderful colour supplement on the SCEP Suckler Carbon Efficiency Programme, and it's a guide to this 260 million scheme, equating to 150 euro per cow, regardless of age, for those farmers who are suckler farmers, and for those people, if they want to stay on, you have this 260 million suckler carbon efficiency programme. So thank you very much indeed for all of your valuable information there. Mr Barry Murphy, news correspondent, Irish Farmers Journal. Thank you, Barry, very much indeed. Thanks for having us, Thank you. Joining us on the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk programme, Mr Seamus Lorden, Chagas Dairy Advisor with the office in Codrum McCroom. First of all, Seamus, welcome to the programme. One event which you believe will be of interest to our listeners. Yes, John. Uh, I was asked to mention one event that's coming up there. It's, um, I suppose, for the tillage sector mainly. It's the spring uh, crop walk there, 2023. There's one on Wednesday, the 17th of May at 7 p.m. It's on Calvert and Keith Smith's uh, place. In It's abandoned grammar school, actually, um, and the air code is uh, P72FD36. That's P72FD36. Now, I suppose we were asked just kind of the topics, really, it's kind of for the spring cereal crops and also the autumn, you know, the winter cereal crops as well. Um, they'll be going through those and also tips for spreading urea and how, how to do that. Also kind of controlling the grass weeds, which is an issue, obviously. And I suppose one of the major things is uh, reducing the costs, you know, input costs for 23. So they'll all be covered. There are some good speakers there, the Chagas speakers, um, the local advisors, tillage advisors, Michael McCarthy and Kira O'Donovan are going to be speaking, along with the tillage specialist there, Kieran Collins. So that's the Spring Crop Walk 2023. It's on, on Wednesday, the 17th of May, and it's in uh, Calvert and Keith Smith's there in the Bandon Grammar School at 7 o'clock. So that everyone is welcome. All are welcome. Could you give an overview of the current Grass situation on farms. Nationally, you know, I was looking at the pasture base there for the last week, and look, average farm covers are over around 750. Cover per livestock unit is kind of still close to 200, so um, it is pretty high, and the growth rates are up at 65. We've had, you know, I know we've had some difficult conditions, but temperatures haven't been too bad, and the growth rates are improving. 
So, like, the growth rates are around 65, and that has resulted there in the pre-grazing covers. They're kind of getting a bit high at the moment. They're over 16.50, and that's based on the pasture base. Look, we're, we're targeting between 12, 1400. So you can see at, you know, the 16.50, there are actually uh, pretty high farm cover, or, you know, pre-grazing covers. And, you know, I suppose what we're thinking is, uh, like, we know the ideal cover is between 12 and 14 to try and balance the, getting as much dry matter into the cow, make sure she's fed properly, as well as getting the maximum energy into the cow. So, at 1600s or above that, you know, you, you're kind of, I suppose, the effect is the cow is full, there's no doubt, but the energy intake has been reduced from that point of view. You know, there's more fibre in the diet um, and it's just slower, slower releasing energy and so there'll be less energy on the, uh, um, being released to the cow then as well. I suppose there's one other thing to mention too is that actually, and it could be kind of, you, you'll be wondering, it's kind of opposite to that is that the dry matters actually have been low for the last week. You know, um, they were in Moore Park there. We have one coming back from Moore Park there for last week. They're only around 13 and a half. Like, ideally, they want to be doing over 16 to 18% dry matter, but they are low. So, and a lot of people are saying that, um, you know, cows just don't seem to be settled. And maybe it's just, you know, if we're allocating what we think is the correct amount, that the cows are not getting enough into them anyway, you know, that it's wet, it's, um, uh, I suppose the dry matters are lower. So, look, in that situation, that can explain why the cows are maybe a bit unsettled as well for the last week or so. With the current well situation, variable, however, are there any recommendations for farmers that you can make for our listeners, Seamus? We've had kind of heavy, heavy um, rain in patches and downpours, and, you know, any bit of rain at the moment, it seems to kind of mess the paddock. Um, the cows just don't seem to be settled at the moment. So hopefully the weather looks like improving and hopefully that'll, that'll, that'll change. But look, most people are, you know, they stay, especially it's affecting, I suppose, the heavier um, soils and farming is high, where high, where we've got a lot of rain for the last um, week or so, last few weeks. So in those situations, like we're kind of recommending, maybe stay with the 12-hour wire and trying to graze between, you know, 13 to 1,500 covers, not getting, as I said, not going into the 1,600s, the 17s that are on farms, you know. And hopefully to kind of go through the paddocks quick enough without actually being in it too long. They won't be damaging when they're, they're getting a good good uh, feed in those. Um, I suppose also, again, we're targeting for the next 10 days or so anyway, or next, I suppose, you could say for the next few months, is it covers, as I said, graze between... 13 to 1400 the stocking rate then i suppose john really we're on about because growth rates are predicted maybe to be over 70 and there were 60 last week over 70 for the week ahead you're on about a stocking rate i suppose currently around four on most farms um and that would you know that would kind of deal with um growth rates of 60 plus um if you're lower than that there's a lot of paddocks do have to be taken out in those situations and you could end up making an awful lot of bales on the farm if you're way higher than that, you have the opposite situation, I suppose, where if you're too highly stocked, you're kind of chasing everything at the moment and you're probably grazing in a too low cover. So ideally, we're saying stocking rate roughly around 4 to 4.2, going to covers around 13 to 1,400 kgs of dry matter, and your, your rotation level is going to be between 18 to 20 days, roughly, um, and with a kind of a cover per livestock unit of 160 to 180. So they're kind of the targets mainly, John, for the, I suppose, for the next few weeks ahead, really, anyway. Turning to reseeding, is there still an opportunity to 
oversow with clover. And indeed, uh, many listeners will be aware that Chagas have their Clover 150 programme. But in general terms, reseeding, an opportunity still at this stage to oversow with clover? Normally, we'd say it's probably uh, um, oversowing is something you do in April. Uh, May might be getting too late, it's dry. But look, at the moment, there's a lot of moisture in the soil. Um, so there, there still is an opportunity, I would say, for the next week or so maybe to, to kind of do a bit of oversowing. Um, again, just to go through it, it probably is important that you, you do actually kind of go through your kind of bit of a checklist to see to make sure you pick the proper paddock. I'll only mention a couple here because th- there is, you know, obviously the soil fertility has to be right within that paddock. Peas and K's have to be index 3. The lime has to be at least six around 6.5 pH. But also... You want to select kind of, just select a paddock there that has high perennial ryegrass in the sward. It's not it's fairly open sward and has been receded within the last two to three to four years anyway, not not much longer than that. Because you know, you want a high percentage perennial ryegrass in it. If you are still thinking about oversowing, make sure it's roughly two and a half kilos of clover, medium leaf clover per acre. Um and I suppose you're on about then when it when it does start coming up grazes at, at low covers around a thousand then so it'll give the the light will go down to the base of the sward and help the clover um i suppose help the clover actually develop anyway and grow in the, in the sward so look there are only a few little checkpoints but it's still possible it's getting late i'd say it's only another week or so because we'd be worried if, if it does dry out then it probably won't succeed but look there's still a possibility of doing it we turn now to breeding the breeding season i think we can say is well underway any comment on how the breeding season is actually going and what about targets that you'd uh, be looking to achieve Yes, John, and I'm only, you know, um, I'm getting feedback there from farmers locally to see how they're going, and most of them seem quite happy with it. Um, you know, they're, they're probably, a lot of them in their second week now, maybe into the third week, probably finishing close to the end of the third week there, but I'd say by, a lot of people might have started on the Monday, so by, by next next week, anyway, they'd be finished their three weeks, you know. So it's then you'd know, which would say, it's kind of very straightforward. We want to look you're hoping to see to kind of get to a 90% submission rate. So in that situation, whatever number of cows and heifers, if you have 100, you want to breed in totally that 90% of those would have been submitted for either AI or to the bull within the first three weeks. So that's where our target is in the first three weeks. So if you're only in after week one, you want probably a third of the, the 30% of the herd to be um, kind of gone for AI. It can vary, obviously, because, you know, a small bit, but, you know, if you're less than 20%, you know it's probably a bit low. Um, 60% then of the total, and then 90% by the end of three weeks. So pretty much, I suppose, John, what we'll be looking at, okay, I say three weeks, probably around 24 days, because some cows are a bit, you know, a bit longer than the just the three weeks. So you're hoping that 90% of your herd will be submitted, including heifers, by the end of the uh, 24 days after you start the breeding. Um, have a look through your list then and if you can identify cows John that uh, should be breeding and aren't you know or cycling that you didn't see maybe you, maybe there's some issue that you might have missed them which can happen to us all we're not going to catch everyone um, but maybe there's some other issue there and I think if any cows calve more than 40 days you know and she, you don't think she's been cycling or or whatever maybe it's no harm just if you have a few of them there to you know get the vet out to have a look at them and see um, uh, is there any issue there 
because the longer you leave it, you know, um, the harder it will be getting them back in calf. So I, I think, especially now after the three weeks, um, it's definitely important that you should actually, um, if you have a few of those cows, to intervene, get the, the vet out to have a look at them and see if there's any issue there. It might be just um, something small, but maybe there is there is some issue that they're not cycling at all, you know. So I think that's pretty much it, John, as regards you know, the target of that. But I suppose one other thing there, John, maybe that you should be thinking of, it's, look, we're always, uh, I suppose it's, it's coming more focused there now as, got, um, as, you know, something that farmers should think about is when are you going to change over to the beef breeds or using the beef bulls? So look, and we say herd that's not expanding anymore, which I suppose a lot of people have kind of expanded to what they wish to at the moment. You know, you need only probably around 20% uh, replacement rate of heifers at the moment. So if you have 100 cows, it's only around 20 heifers you, you need. You have to decide yourself when you think you should, you know, after achieving that, how many heifers, you know, have have I got on the ground? When you have that figure in your head, then it's probably a time to kind of think of going over to the beef uh, side. And look, use the, the dairy beef index there, you know, because look, if you lose, use the dairy beef index, you're trying to achieve, get a, a, a cow and calf to a, a bull that is gestation linked, isn't, you know, a short gestation linked, easy calving, fair enough. Yeah, that's from the dairy side of view. But also you want to kind of get, a, I suppose, a calf that um, will sell that is good for the beef men who is actually going to uh, rear this calf. So you're looking for one with good uh, issues like good carcass weight, good carcass confirmation, carcass fatten, age of, slaughter, age of slaughter and all that. So when you look at the dairy beef index, it, it you know, it includes the, from the dairy farmer, as I said, difficult calving, gestation link, but also from the beef man, feed intake, docility, carcass weight, carcass confirmation, things like that. So I think just use the dairy beef index that's available there when you're picking your bulls for the, the you know, the beef bulls there. So that forthcoming event in Bandon, I believe the venue is the Bandon Grammar School. It's a, a spring crop walk, so that's a till it for the tillage farmers out there. Um, it's on Wednesday the 17th of May at 7pm on Calvert and Keith Smith's uh, farm and the, it will be taking place in the Bandon Grammar School. The air code, I, I'll call out again, that's uh, P72FD36. It's for spring cereals and for winter cereals and also kind of how to control the input costs for 2023 and also controlling grass weeds with um, colleagues of mine there, Michael McCarthy and Kira O'Donovan, uh, tillage advisor speaking, along with Kieran Collins, who is a tillage specialist as well. So it's a, a good team uh, with some great speakers there and everyone is welcome there to attend. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Seamus Lorden, Chagask Dairy Advisor in the Chagask office, Codrum Imacroom. Thank you, Seamus, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thank you, John. You're welcome. The ICSA has welcomed moves by the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellug, to initiate a five-year programme for genotyping the national herd. Following a stakeholder meeting in Dublin recently, ICSA National Suckler Chair Mr Jimmy Cosgrave said this is a hugely important step and one that should prove very beneficial for farmers in deciding which animals to buy for further feeding. It's understood the Department of Agriculture will seek public funding to kickstart this programme with the aim of having it up and running by 2024 and in place for a five-year period 
after the first year, a cost-sharing model is envisaged. Commenting further, Mr Cosgrave said the ICSA's proposed tagging calves at birth for genotyping rather than for BVD testing. He said, quote, We are astonishingly close to being BVD-free, and it would be ideal if genotype tags were in place instead of BVD tags. Tagging at birth also makes sense from a practical point of view, as it would eliminate the necessity to bring cattle back in at a later stage for any additional tagging. Mr Cosgrave said a crucial element will be the display of information on mark boards, including the CBV, commercial beef value. He said there are significant variations in efficiency and cost-effectiveness when it comes to finishing animals depending on their beef merit. Farmers, he said, buying calves, wanelings and store cattle in marts need this information to make informed decisions about what they're buying and how these animals are likely to perform. In the context of aiming to meet our climate targets, this information is essential. This will also require a drive to get dairy farmers to get the balance right in breeding and make sure that cows are not only bred for a narrow range of traits. Part of a long statement there from the Irish Cattle and Chief Farmers Association, National Suckler Chair, Mr Jimmy Cosgrave. And that's the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme for now. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to our contributors, as usual, Barry O'Mahony, 96FM and C103 News Editor, Mairead Tuig, 96FM and C103 News Reporter, and also Mairead, creator of the regular Farm Talk podcasts. And Laura Woods for bringing us the fortnightly Macrofirma report from the Carberry region. A very special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Saturday mornings and 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. on Wednesday evenings. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Calf Milk Replacer. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold. Choose Gold Performance Pack. Includes biotin, yeast sac, and protected minerals to reduce lameness, boost milk solids, and fertility.